This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Happy 2021 to everyone. I guess this is technically our second episode of the year, but the first one we're actually recording here in 2021. And I'm really excited about the possibilities for blueberries in this year ahead, including possibilities for our blueberry demand around the globe. Our focus on exports and global business development is a primary pillar of activity at the USHBC. Expanding and developing new markets and new blueberry-loving communities is going to be critical for our industry's overall health and success long-term. So on today's episode, we're bringing back a co-host you might remember from episode 11, USHBC and NABC Vice President of Global Business Development, Alicia Adler. Happy New Year, Alicia, and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Casey. Happy New Year to you, too. Well, I know our growers like to know what we're doing to expand opportunities overseas, even if they don't export themselves. They like to know this work's being done and that we're able to successfully compete with our U.S. blueberries in markets across the globe. It is recognized as a critical piece of the overall economic health and growth of our industry. So to help bring this forward and all the work underway, Alicia and I have been brainstorming a bit about the episodes for this year's podcast and came up with the idea of doing an international series, which will include about three episodes featuring USHBC's programs around the world. And we'll highlight the Indian market first, which is an emerging market for frozen, dried, and further processed blueberries. In 2021, the USHBC's Export Committee increased funding for market development in India with an emphasis on food manufacturing in the retail sector where demand for dried and further processed blueberries is rising. And stay tuned for additional international episodes featuring South Korea and the growth there, where they're growing market for frozen blueberries, and a final episode in the series about new initiatives in our global food manufacturing program and ways to get involved. But let's kick things off today with the episode about India. Alicia, who do we have joining with us today? Thanks, Casey. Today, we have Mr. Raj Kapoor, our in-country representative for the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council in India, and Mr. Don Vandewerken, who is one of our committee members on the USHBC Export Committee and has extensive experience in India. First, I want to introduce Raj. He's the Managing Director of Asacom India, which is a market development company. He is a market development, supply chain, and agricultural market expert with extensive experience in the Indian, Sri Lankan, Bangladesh, and Central Asian markets. He's worked with cooperators such as the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council for the last 27 years on their FAS trade program funded activities in India. His key area of focus is market development, international trade, product promotion, public relations, and project implementation. He is actively involved in the bakery, food processing, and ingredient industry and has expert knowledge of value chains for a wide range of products, including blueberries, across the agricultural spectrum. So welcome, Raj. I'd also like to introduce Don. As I said, he's a member of our export committee. 
um, but also the owner of J&D Farms in Poplarville, Mississippi. And in addition to his farm, Don also served as trade director at Anusaya Fresh India, where he oversaw the purchase of U.S. fruits, nuts and vegetables, and specifically fresh dried puree and frozen blueberry products. Previously, he held positions with the USDA Foreign Agricultural Service and the U.S. Department of Commerce. So thank you, Raj and Don, for joining us. Excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Adisha, for a nice introduction. We're excited to have both of you on today's show and to kick off this international series. But before we dive too deep into the conversation with Raj and Don, it's time for the crop report. As you know, this time of year, we check in with important blueberry growing areas like Mexico, Peru, and Chile. So here, once again, is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry areas around the globe. Today, you'll hear from Juan Saria Morales in Mexico, Andres Armstrong in Chile, and Luis Vegas in Peru. This was recorded on January 13th, 2021. This is uh, Juan Soria Morales from Aneberris, uh, representing Mexico. And I'm going to give you the report for uh, blueberries for week uh, number two and for week number one for Mexico. Uh, so far, we have a very awesome uh, season. The volumes are higher. During the first week of 2021, we exported a total of 4,300,000 pounds. That is a total of 4,090,000 pounds. Till today, the season for Mexico are 28,392,000 pounds. And uh, we have sent to the United States from that 27,040,000 pounds. Compared to a season, the volume that we have exported is around 15% higher. That uh, is the report for uh, the side of Mexico, Casey. Thank you. Hello, this is Andres Armstrong from the Chilean Blueberry Committee. I will be reporting on our exports uh, up to week 53 or the end of last year. Shipments for week 53 to all markets were 20.6 million pounds. For this crop report, due to the fact that of presenting an extra week on the year 2020, the analysis presented will consider the departures from the start of the season until December 31st of each year. There is a total of 110.4 million pounds exported this season up to December 31st, compared to the 112.6 million pounds of last season at the same date. This is a 1.9 uh, decrease in volumes compared to the previous seasons. Regarding the markets, Comparing volumes shipped between the start of the season and December 31st of each year, there's a 2% drop in the case of North America. In terms of market share, North America represents 47% of the total Chilean blueberry exports so far. On the organic side, blueberries, organic blueberries reach 15.2 million pounds exported to December 31st versus 12.2 million pounds in 2019 which represent 24% more organic shipments coming out from Chile. So that is my report for this week. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Luis from Proarandanos with the report from Peru until the end of week one, 2021. Up until January 10th, Peru has shipped 342 million pounds worldwide, which actually represents a bit more than 95% of the volume that we have uh, forecasted for the season. From this, from the total volume shipped during this season, uh, 50% was shipped to the U.S. Uh, well, to the U.S., this uh, season, we sent 31% more volume than the previous season. Uh, what happened during the course of last week, Peru uh, shipped 
almost 3 million pounds from Peru, 2.8 million pounds uh, from this volume, 2 million pounds were shipped to the US. That's all fresh blueberries. That's a report from Peru. Uh, the season is coming to an end. We are seeing uh, similar volumes over the course of the last weeks to the previous season. Uh, and we expect the season to finish around February. Thanks again to our colleagues from around Latin America who take the time to participate in these crop reports. Speaking of blueberries around the globe, Alicia, why don't you kick things off with our featured guests? Sounds great. Thanks, Casey. Well, I already gave the audience some background on each of you, but maybe you could start us off with a little more about how you got here today and your history of blueberries. So let's start with you, Raj. I have worked in a number of projects for USAID and World Food Program in Asia. And my key area of working is the most projected market development and technical assistance. And uh, I'm very much proud to be associated with the U.S. Highwood Blueberry Council since 2009. And no one is aware of blueberries in India. And fresh blueberries were not allowed to be imported in India when I started with the U.S. Blueberry Council. I did get approvals from government with great efforts. Finally, fresh blueberries could be imported from USA. Great. Thanks, Raj. And Don, how about you? Can you tell us more about J&D Farms and your involvement with the blueberry business in the South? Yeah. Thanks, Alicia and Casey, for having me on today. I am a small grower in South Mississippi. Mississippi is not a huge blueberry state. We have about uh, maybe 35 active growers left in the industry here in the South. Uh, Myself, I uh, take care of and farm about 40 acres of blueberries, and our season typically runs from the end of May to around July 4th, and then it's over. We grow a particular variety called rabbit eye, is the the biggest part of the crop, but there is uh, several growers that are switching over to southern high bush. So uh, our biggest uh, marketer or handler of our berries is Sunbell, but a variety of the growers here also market directly to several warehouses, etc. On the export side, we got involved with India, actually with Raj. And uh, Raj, I don't even remember how it got started. It was uh, an email to Thomas Paine several years ago. I was taking a trip to India. I was shamed, and Casey, I will shame you as well, and Alicia, to go to India because I had several Indian friends who begged me to come to visit India. And finally, I said, I'm going. So I went there on vacation. I made a call to Tom saying, hey, I'm going to India. Uh, If you want me to say hello or promote blueberries, just let me know. And next thing you know, Raj had several appointments set up for me. (laughs) Uh, So much for a vacation. Thanks, Raj. Uh, that, that that introduction, <laughs> remember, Raj, when you picked me up and we met? <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't, can't forget your blue. Uh, yeah, well, I, at that, okay, now the stories are coming out. Uh, Raj introduced me to a couple of potential blueberry importers. And, and this is something I recommend to anybody. Before you go and start exporting, know the background of the people you're, you trust. India is a incredible market. It's just huge, huge potential. You don't have to conquer all of India. You just had to conquer one little corner of it. And so we happen to be in Mumbai, which is one of the larger cities in India. And uh, I befriended uh, a guy who owns a small company, or it's not a small company anymore, called Anasaya Fresh. 
and he was young and aggressive and he wanted to start importing blueberries in a bigger way. Raj got that connection going. So we started uh, doing the connections and, and that's important. If you want to enter the Indian market, you have to do your due diligence in the country. You have to establish some kind of contact, an importer preferably. You want to be able to understand their credentials. And I would think that's even more important than having all kinds of letters of credits and insurance and stuff. Once that establishment was made, uh, the rest was history. I mean, Mississippi, who would have known? We're not a huge grower. Uh, we've so far I've done over a million pounds of frozen berries over the years into India. And uh, that's led to other types of uh, blueberry products going into India. Thanks, Don. So Raj, when you got started in this, I mean, like, I guess prior to 2010, when we really started investing in the market, how familiar were consumers with blueberries? And I guess both from a fresh perspective, which, you know, we really don't have a large market or market share there. Only a few countries are able to supply the fresh market. But in terms of the flavor and familiarity with the product, you know, how has that evolved in terms of consumer preference and perception of blueberries? Indian food manufacturers have been continuously demanding IQF and dry blueberries for various applications, including snacking. And the demand of imported blueberries powder, processed blueberry products like blueberry fillings, jams, and snacks were also increased uh, as quality products uh, demand as always. Processed products are also coming to India from USA, especially fruit fillings are coming. So taste, flavor, of course, they also look for money also because blueberry has got some functional benefits also. So we were able to convince them, to, especially for dairy industry and bakery industry. So people are looking for both. Of course, health and nutrition benefits are always up for the end consumers. Yeah. And, and what about food manufacturers? What are they looking for in blueberry ingredients? Food manufacturers are looking for specialty, especially color of the blueberries, flavor, and uh, taste. And uh, because, you know, India, we have uh, more than 5,000 traditional food products. If you go to any part of the country, uh, southwest, we have a different taste. Especially in North India, we produce a lot of traditional sweets. So snacking company, the sweet company are looking for a new varieties. And some traditional home bakers, some small bakers, they have also introduced many blueberry-filled muffins, even chocolates and other varieties of bakery products. And dairy, of course, is a, has been a very very much boom in the country because most of the 90% of dairy, this dairy industry are using frozen blueberries for yogurt and other beverages. They are producing milk-based dairy. Consumers are demanding new things, innovative things also. Uh, most of the things in India, mango was most popular. Now, after the mango, the blueberry is number two in demand for just like yogurt and other things. Oh, wow. So after mango, blueberry is the number two product in terms of ingredient. How recent has that been, Raj, that the blueberries have climbed to the number two position from your perspective? Frozen blueberry, especially, are affordable, not very expensive. If you compare with the mangoes, frozen blueberry are at the same level. And because people are looking for an innovative product also, and frozen blueberries are giving a very good taste also. Though strawberry is produced in India also, but the consumption of blueberry is much bigger than strawberry, which is produced in India. Yeah, that's great. 
Raj, what about local production? Does India have a blueberry industry and is it growing? Like what, what's the situation like in India in terms of blueberry production? India, blueberry, some people have just started, but they could not uh, take up the market without, they have not come to that quality. Even the size of the blueberries they are producing, so small and the taste is, I can say there is no taste of that actual blueberry, but it's coming from USA. It will take, it is a long time. I think it takes years to come to that, that level of the USA blueberry. I have not, I don't think so. This, uh, this market is matured. And it, it will take more than, I think, 10, 15 years to uh, to become a little bit mature. So it's not successful, actually. Thanks, Raj. Now, Don, I have, you know, similar questions, but from your perspective, you know, in your history working with India, what's been your perception of what food manufacturers are looking for? Or, you know, I, I assume most of your correspondence has been through importers, but What's your perspective on what India wants and needs from blueberry products? Uh, let's keep in mind here, anything you can find in the U.S., you can find in India. So keeping that in mind, it comes with the good and the bad. The good thing is, is that uh, when they go into a grocery store, they want to see different. They want to see taste. They want to see quality. Price is always conscious, just like here in the U.S., all of our food safety chains and systems in place, they look at that. Branding is important in India. They see a brand, they want the brand, even though they may not know that that brand might be sourced from a different product. So having that brand recognition is recognizable. Those are some of the things to keep in mind. And as I said before, you don't have to conquer all of India. You can just conquer one corner of it and you will have more business than you know what to do with. On top of that, on the manufacturing side, Anisea has uh, sold product to some of the largest jam makers in the country, and we have visited those facilities. They're up in the uh, strawberry growing regions of uh, India, and they've brought in frozen blueberries, and they've made lots of different products out of it. Uh, one of their products, which I've seen here in the U.S., is called uh blueberry crush which they use and they put it on their desserts and pastries and stuff a lot of the frozen product is used in making into pastry fillings and to other some juice products um, but they prefer the dried blueberries for baking because it creates a more uniform product in their baking product one other thing about consumer taste and preference in india the same ills that we have here in the U.S., uh, obesity and diabetes is very prevalent. So that is the reason why a lot of the uh, middle-class Indian consumers are looking for things that are more nutritious and can help them stem from their health and longevity in life and brain functioning, et cetera. There's been a lot of positive uh, press about that, about uh, what blueberries can do for you. So I would honestly say that, you know, we have just touched the cusp of what India's potential is. Now, on the fresh side, there is fresh berries going into India because we're the only ones that currently, I think, Raj, I think maybe Peru might have access now for fresh berries. However, there's a large tariff that goes into India for those fresh. Frozen has a tariff on it, too, but not as big as does dried. And there's a couple of more hurdles when you're sending fresh in. However, it's still selling and it's just a matter of um, 
hitting those market windows. And so, and you started to touch on it a little bit there. Um, in terms of distribution, what are we looking at? Um, you know, I know the tariffs high, but the phytosanitary restrictions aren't as great on fresh. Can you speak a little bit more as to what the U.S. industry needs to prepare for in terms of those barriers? Yeah, you know, India goes with the aspect of it's good enough for the U.S., it's good enough for us. However, they do require that you cite in the phytosanitary certificate certain pests and funguses that might be in that berry crop or if there was anything in that area. But once the USDA APHIS or certifying agency certifies there's been nothing in that area, then it's good. I think it's a little bit ridiculous, uh, some of the things they're asking for, and but that might be negotiated out in the next round talking to the APHIS uh, Food and Plant Inspection Service. Um, I'm just grateful they allow access for fresh berries. Probably the more problematic issues with uh, getting berries over there, almost all of it has to go by air cargo. Air cargo is very expensive. It's almost $5 a kilo. But like I said, if they can bring in berries into a uh, marketplace in the traditional grocery stores, it usually sells. The Dutch have got this down pat. They are shipping in fresh berries every single day where they're getting them from. A lot of it is re-export. Some of it's coming from Morocco. Some of it's coming from Spain. Some of it's coming from uh, Croatia, Serbia on the fresh side. And uh, I know that Peru has made a lot of inroads in there. But fresh product is going in there. And uh, we just need to figure out a way to kind of bring down those barriers, particularly on the uh, additional declarations that the Indian government requires. Now, I'll also say one of the other barriers when we started was huge, but is slowly going away, is once the berries got into India, the storage capacity of where to put them before distribution and also redistribution. You know, a break in the cold chain has always been the biggest nightmare of going into India on any product. However, those things are starting to dissipate and as more importers, particularly us, Anasea, we have cold chain all the way from the clearance all the way through uh, final distribution. But that has always been the issue on that. And I guess the last barrier is, is that once you establish a relationship with an importer into that country, and there are many of you can go to, a lot of qualified ones, is make sure you understand the payment terms because India can be um, an interesting place when uh, making sure money is collected. And what I mean by that is, is that you are in the fresh fruit business, there will be losses and there will be stuff that is rejected. So that's what I mean by having somebody on the ground in country that understands things happen and you just move on to the next load. I mean, the uh, Highbush Council has done a great job of establishing good uh, reputable people. I'm very confident if you just send Raj or get him on a video call and call Raj and say, hey, Raj, can you set me up with three appointments for a manufacturer or whatever? Raj can get you those appointments. And I will tell you about the other thing about Indians. You know, if you ever look at their passports, they're thicker than dictionaries. They are not afraid to travel. They will get on a plane and meet you anywhere to discuss uh, something. And the relationships go a long ways. When you get into an Indian family, it ain't for a one-shot deal. It's for life. Trust me, I know. <laughs> and it's just not this there either. I alluded to it before that 
thinking about Indian culture and stuff, if you go to Dubai, it's a small Emirates city of maybe 800,000 native or uh, Emirates people, but there's 3 million Indians that live there. And so the translation of what you're doing in India also can translate to the Middle East as well. And I know Raj has traveled a great deal to the Middle East and he knows that market as well. Yeah, I mean, that kind of brings up what we're working on now with Raj. So it's a good plug for Raj's services. (laughs) But, you know, just looking at India and then also the Middle East, like you mentioned, we have seen statistically rapid growth in exports of dried and processed blueberry. So, you know, I think in terms of new product development and innovation, it's an area that's taking off in the region. And, you know, so... As a segue, I mean, Raj, what do we have in store for 2021? What are you most excited about? And I'll also preface that with, you know, last week, we kicked off our first international promotion of the year at the Nut Lounge, which is a dried fruit and nut retailer specialty shop. So that was my first time being without actually physically going to India before I I felt I was right there in store with you guys as you uh, launched the promotion. Of course, Due to uh, COVID safety measures, you know, we didn't have consumers there, but it still felt nice to at least see the store manager and owner um, and you there too, Raj. So thank you for inviting me. It was exciting to be a part of that launch. And so, you know, what else? What's next for us in India this year? um, And what do you hope to accomplish for the industry? First of all, thank you, Alicia, to you for your swift approval and support for this promotion launch at Net Launch. And your personal presence along with the USDA team really added the value. Nut Launch is a great example of what India accomplished with trade engagement. Key features drive US blueberries at all its nut launches around the country. He also has consumer brands in all other uh, stores and sells bulk blueberries also to food industry. And Nut Launch is just one of the hundreds of blueberries industry partners and uh, Terry is excited to cooperate with US SHBC. Uh, now that there, there is a blueberry availability in India, we will help keep momentum ahead with trade activities such as seminars, bakery demonstration and trade show presence. And there, this year we will help push the fresh and dry blueberry in detail and we plan for that. And US blueberries are star cooperator, cooperator in India and we will continue to participate in USDA fairs activities throughout the year such as Taste of America with the celebrity chefs and of course technical assistance will continue to be part of, uh, part of my daily daily activities uh, as and when I receive calls and I contact new new startups so we will continue to do that. Great. And yeah, and I also mentioned, you know, Raj is one of nine um, in-country partners we have globally that are funded by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, so through the Export Committee. So, you know, as Raj and, and Don have both discussed what we're doing in the market and what Raj, what a great partner he is, he can uh, make introductions, he can answer questions, both in terms of trade, promotional and technical questions. So if you're working with an importer or food manufacturer directly and you want, you know, a a third-party resource through the USHBC, Raj is available. We have market-specific or, you know, India-specific information in our export database, which is available 
through the USHBC website. So we have both trade statistics, promotional activities, tariff information, regulatory, phytosanitary information, like what we were talking about with Dawn about all those specific requirements for the Indian market. It's all laid out in the export database, as well as contact information for both Raj and the U.S. Department of Agriculture Foreign Agricultural Service offices in India, who are also very plugged in and aware of what U.S agricultural exporter needs are. So um, definitely, you know, go to the export database, look and see what information is available. And if you need more, you know, in-country support, Raj is happy to help. So thank you so much, Raj and Don. It's a pleasure working with you both. I really rely on both of your insight and expertise when it comes to market development, especially the Indian market. Don, your leadership on the export committee is valued. And uh, you always have great ideas, great insight, and a good perspective for us. So appreciate your leadership to the industry through the Export Committee. And Raj, thank you for your many years of service to the USHBC. Um, We look forward to many more years. And I can't wait to see what happens in the Indian market and eventually get over there myself and meet everyone in person. So thank you both very much for doing this. Thank you, everyone. Alicia, great episode. I just think this series is so important to understand the possibilities that lie ahead for blueberries. And you certainly heard it here on this episode. And and when you think of this from a big picture standpoint, where does India fit into our global market development strategy? Well, India is, you know, as both Don and Raj said, one of the fastest growing emerging markets for blueberries and specifically processed and dried blueberries and and frozen blueberries. So, you know, while fresh blueberries are on the rise and we are seeing more and more product flow into the market, you know, in terms of from the U.S. perspective, we're really trying to develop the processed market there. You know, last year, just to give some perspective, the U.S. HBC Export Committee funded um, a global opportunity assessment that really looked at the supply and trade of processed blueberries globally. And within the Asia and Pacific region, which includes India, India was right up there at the top. Between 2015 and 2019, according to Mintel data, India had the highest percent growth in new product development, 215% growth in new products developed with blueberry ingredients. So that's right in line with what Raj is saying is that it's just fast growing and consumers like the flavor, but they're also getting, you know, more and more aware of the nutritional benefits. And in that way, dried blueberries and direct to consumers, they do perceive that as a healthy snack along with nuts, you know, and that's where the promotion with the nut lounge came in. And that's why I thought it was a great opportunity for us to start engaging in this space. In terms of product categories, snack mixes are the fastest growing category within India of that new product growth. And we've seen very high growth, 1500% growth in new products introduced in the market in the snack mix category. So, you know, we're really trying, as Raj said, to, to focus in both in terms of partnering with food manufacturers, but also, 
continuing to raise awareness of with consumers in terms of the flavor, the benefits, where to buy them and how to eat them, um, which will ultimately increase demand for USA blueberry products. So it's an exciting time globally. We're being more and more strategic as we move along, understanding data and trends, but then also sharing anecdotal experiences, which you'll see here match and are pretty well aligned with what we're finding in our research. Yeah, no, this episode was fantastic for that. And I hope it was inspiring to those listening that we've got a lot of effort going into our global opportunities going into this new year that are going to be, again, cornerstone to the overall health of our industry. But you know, if, if there is somebody who's listening today that wants to attempt to try their hand at export activities into India, you know, their first step would be to... I mean, contact me, um, of course. The export database is, is a great place as well to start just to kind of get a little more familiar with the market and the requirements. But I'm always available. I love to make connections. And Raj, in addition to all of our in-country representatives, are eager to make those connections and share their knowledge. So that's what they're there for. And they're a great resource provided by the council. Well, and I would contact Alicia, you know, being able to kind of guide your thinking, share with you all the connections. And I think that's what makes this series that we're getting into here really exciting. We're going to bring some people forward that, you know, show the connections that you have globally and where the market opportunities exist, what parts of which year for processed, fresh, frozen, of course. So very exciting. Thank you, Alicia, again, for bringing our guests on. It was a great discussion. I look forward to more in the episodes to come. But that's it for episode 30. If you're interested in learning more about the export process, be sure to go back and re-listen to episode 11 with Alicia and Stacy Spivey. And also don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes this year. As we go into the new year, it would just be fantastic if uh, we could have more of you who listen in and tune in, uh, help others find this podcast. And you can do that by leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Oh, 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 oh,